0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast about Transformers comics, toys, and everything in between. I'm Ox Prime with my two co-hosts here.
1: Hi, I'm Computron.
0: Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW All Hail Megatron Volume 4. And as always, spoiler warning. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read it, and then listen to the podcast. Now, I've also heard from some Earthlings that if you click that like button on this video or subscribe, that helps us grow, and we would really appreciate that. Now, onwards to the podcast. Both Computron and myself have read this series already, but this is Kilobyte's first time, and we are excited to hear his thoughts about the series. But before we dive into that, Computron, do you mind telling us some fun facts?
1: Yep, and as usual, we'll start with the hard facts and then the fun ones. Uh, so, the... For the year that the comic was released, the 13th issue was released on July 22nd, 2009. And the 16th and final issue was released October 14th, 2009. Uh, the writer was Simon Furman, Mike Costa, Shane McCarthy, uh, Andy Schmidt, Nick Rush, and with the assistance of James Roberts, Denton J. Tip, Denton J. Timpton, and Xander Cannon. The artists, well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Uh, the artists are Don Figura, Chi-Yan Ong, uh, Emiliano San- Santalucia, Andrew Griffith, Nick Roche, Casey Collar, Guido Guidi, and chi Yang Ong. The, just to make sure I, you guys understand, it's Chi-Yan Ong and Chi-Yang Ong. <laughs> I almost mess that up. Uh, uh, anyway, the colors were by James Brown, Moose Bauman, and Josh Birchman, Chris Carter, and Joanne Lafuente. So, fun facts. In the 14th issue, this issue now retroactively establishes Cyclonus and Scourge as Seekers. Uh, this is the first time we've seen Scourge in the IDW continuity, continuity. Yeah. but by the power of Retcon, he's always been with the Dead Universe faction. Oh, there you go. And in issue fifteen, Prowl refers to Springer's repeated turns of phrase as Springerism. And in panel four, page four, the marking of Prowl's door reads Highway Patrol Patrol instead of Highway Patrol Police. Very funny. Highway patrol patrol. (laughs) Come join me on the Highway Patrol Patrol. Is that
0: like a police that patrols a patrol?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Helobite, do you mind giving us a short summary of these comics?
2: Will do. Volume 4 of All Hill Megatron consists of four issues that give the reader some insight on what some of our favorite characters fear or think of the whole war. We dive into stories about Ironhide, Starscream, and Sunstreak, just to name a few. And yes, we did say Sunstreaker died in the previous episode, but this volume teaches us that maybe he may still be alive.
0: This information, as always, has been taken from the wiki. All right. So let's dive right into it. So we're back here, present day. Decepticons are retreating. Optimus is having a spark-to-spark talk with Ironhide. Thoughts? I like
1: seeing, um, you know, in any comic, I like seeing some, you know, chemistry being built between uh, characters, and I love seeing, like, relationships. And it's, it's nice to see uh Ironhide and Optimus kind of reminisce uh their million year war yeah it's pretty
0: It's like uh, finally cuz Ironhide almost was almost like a, a not necessarily a mentor to Orion Pax before he became Optimus but like a, an old friend as well so it's like really nice to see them not be at war
1: you have to admit that the relationship kind of started off That's interesting true. because, because <laughs> uh, Ironhide, you know, being Ironhide doesn't care about the ranks of any soldier whatsoever and was essentially just badmouthing Ryan as this fresh lieutenant officer or whatever he was. And uh, Cup was there just to like ridicule him that he's speaking out of line, but you know, it's interesting because it it started off on the de- it started off bad, but it's it's one of my favorite things about um, about this comic specifically is that um, a lot of comic well not a lot of comics out the uh, out there specifically specifically in the Transformer verse kind of show you uh, Optimus's listening side. He's really good at listening. There's only a handful of uh, of comics that. You know, you can see that he's genuinely listening to uh, what another bot's concerns are in in like a, an empathetic manner. The rest of the time, it's, you know, heard but ignored, right, right. I guess. Like he, Does that make he, sense? He can hear you, yeah. but he's
0: not listening sometimes. But this is one of those general moments. He's both listening and hearing Ironhide.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite characteristics of Optimus, but it, it's just not shown that much throughout the comics
2: i've always liked optimus ability to learn from his mistakes listen and not always be kind of like i'm the leader and you do what i say and that's it so uh, it, it's good to see him be like yeah i made a mistake or i'm wrong i should he's not a star that scream is- yep <laughs> which
0: is also in these comics another thing for the listeners out there watching this youtube we've probably seen a couple um snaps that we've already put up on you probably noticed something there's a drastic change in the art style and that's because a certain movie a certain babe movie came out around the same time as these comics and you can see that influence onto the transformers nothing against it yep. it's an interesting take that's all i'm saying it's horrible <laughs> no John, you can't say that <laughs> i hate it <laughs> He's going to give it zero, zero rock stars.
1: I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to lose a sponsorship on that one, but by golly, I stand my ground.
0: <laughs> so I guess moving along, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say about Optimus and Ironhide.
2: No, it was sweet. It was a sweet Yeah, thing.
0: it was, it was nice. It
1: was like a bitter, sweet and short kind of thing, yeah. but nothing yeah. too complicated with it.
0: So in our next one, we see some more information about Starscream and the fact that in contrast to the Transformers, the movie, there's like a similar setup where Starscream talks about like assassinating Megatron. But instead of like tossing him out of Astrotrain. He says it's impossible due to because Soundwave and his deranged children are nearby. I thought that was an interesting take.
1: <laughs> deranged children are always listening.
2: <laughs> yep. uh,
1: I like that. Uh, like at first he was trying to convince Soundwave to say that, hey, we need the energon. Don't bother. And Soundwave was like, no, Megatron still functions. He gonna live.
0: <laughs> if it's the last thing he does.
2: Yeah. Loyal, loyal till the end.
1: One of the things I liked about this, the the, the biggest irony of this entire short little thing with uh, Starscream was, is he wanted to throw the matrix of leadership out into the trash because he thinks it marks down his failure. right? And, it's ironic the reason why i say it is because instead of throwing it out he gets convinced not to throw it away but he brings it in front of like the decepticons on board using the matrix of leadership to win the morale of his um of his constituents and to uh, ironically bolster his leadership with the decepticons
0: yeah i thought that was really interesting and then you can see how like the aftermath of doing that, he's still not okay <laughs> with how he came to power that way. Like he didn't want to use the matrix in that sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: you get like this kind of the three-panel depression shot of Starscream.
2: Yeah, you can hear the other ones in the background just say
0: "Hail, hail!" and he's like, "He's no. like, this is not how <laughs> I wanted to do this.
2: <laughs> no, this is
0: not, not good."
1: It's like one of those things, I guess, it's just beware what you wish for, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Another one of those, in our next one-off, we see some flashbacks of Sunstreaker, which gets pretty steamy for a couple seconds. Steamy in the sense that it gets, like, tense, and then it turns to absolutely dark on a dime. And the reason we see some of these images is that it's revealed that it might be possible. Sunstreaker might be alive at the bottom of a trench amongst a dead swarm of insecticons, but his brain is so broken that he keeps reliving the same traumatic events in his head.
2: Well,
1: he's being eaten alive by the swarm. Was he being eaten? Well, I thought he was a- just underneath a pile yeah. of dead ones. Oh, I, I, it, it was just his head. And all I saw was just like these, uh, uh just this whole swarm, just like around him. I'm like, oh, this is not a good sign. Yeah, it's all scary see. thoughts.
2: Yeah, well, that kind of freaked me out. I'm like, oh no, poor Sunseeker. He's just relieving the whole process of the headmasters and everything, and all the torture they did. Yeah, to him. it's like
0: uh, you thought his traumatic backstory was done. No, it continues.
2: Yeah, you thought he he was done with the, when he sacrificed himself. He's like, nope, still here. <laughs> Sadly. Oh gosh,
1: it was a gut punch of a story. Like you're sitting there and you're like, "Oh, cool," where you're 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 seeing Sunstreaker being hailed as this war hero, and then he gets recommissioned, and then he, you know, and you see him with Hunter, and that gets sad, and then you see his head, and you're
0: like, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." Yeah, it's this the entire volume four feels like it's trying to gut punch you because like. Moving to the next one, we figure out why Cup has a cigar or cigar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because he's got some serious war PTSD, and the cigar is used to help keep him calm and focused. Uh, it's also laced with an addictive chemical to assist with that.
1: Like radiation. radiation, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Because, like, isn't it? There's a scene where he thinks he's being hunted by something and he fights it, and he sees enemies, but they're Autobots. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's some dark stuff. Some dark stuff. Yep. They had to
2: rebuild him.
1: They rebuilt him, and it's also what I wanted to point out about this, um, this specific comic. Uh, well, there's two things. One is <laughs> a recurring thing you're probably gonna see later is is Prowl and uh, and uh, Springer's un- unique kind of awkward relationship.
0: You can almost say that with everyone with Prowl. (laughs) That's one specifically. (laughs) Um,
1: And um, I'm going to leave it at that. And the other one I wanted to point out is uh, another recurring thing is Prowl's kind of mind, psychological mind games that he does with other bots. And I say bots because he does it with Autobots and Decepticons. Is is that he put that Saigar in he gave the Sighar two cup in order to psychologically make him a better soldier. And it's just like, ugh, man, okay. Cause he's a numbers guy. It might cost you an eye, but, uh, you know, when in doubt, flip the <laughs> table.
0: Uh, so I guess we also go and we find out the backstory of Perceptor on how he went from professional, well-respected scientist to uh, scary murderer sniper. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, I, I loved it. Uh, I I, I like that it, it got connected with the with the spotlight we saw with Drift where uh, he, he's inside the Decepticon ship and fighting turmoil and he rescues the the records and that's when we see Perceptor get shot in the chest and then he rescues him and now we can see him kinda get fixed up, get better, and then in the end uh, he has the perfect shot. Uh, of of him just standing there, taking down the the baddie, and he's like just doing my job. <laughs> he takes down a
1: combiner with one shot. Yeah,
0: and this is our this is our second combiner we've seen, Monstructor, and we'll we'll find and out one. more backstory about it later about that combiner because it's he's a he's a beast of a combiner later, at least.
1: And yet he was taken down by one shot.
0: One shot. <laughs> <laughs> one shot is all you need yeah.
2: oh we get to see we get to see bludgeon we get to again. see
0: bludgeon who must have escaped prison last time we found we saw him right and he's chasing he's chasing hot rod through space now yep good times
1: he always looks cool he's always he's my just you know design wise he's my favorite oh yeah uh,
0: he's rocking that last design. design we last saw him that he only wore for yeah. like 0. 0.2 seconds before he was you know, turn, turned off. He wasn't murdered. He was just turned off, I guess, Par- paralyzed.
1: <laughs> murdered. murdered. <laughs>
0: well, obviously, he's still here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I do like how Perceptor wakes up from like his injury being in cryo tank, and he just starts working on himself. Like it doesn't matter, and like it doesn't hurt or anything. He's like, "I'm fine. all good. I'm gonna do this. I'm done being <laughs> shot at. I'm gonna start shooting people now." So I'm just, I need some upgrades, and I'm like, okay, Yeah, sure. it's an
0: interesting turnaround, and I, I like it. I think it's cool to see characters go from a complete opposite role that they're used to. It's interesting to me. Uh, one last thing I would like to jump to in my notes is flipping to the human side of things, we find out, uh, yeah, humans. Cute. Spike with Wiki <laughs> is alive, and he found a seeker to take in that was left over from the war. And I believe that's supposed to be thrust there in the image. That'll be important later yeah. on the road, but uh, be sure to write that down, Kilobyte okay. must take notes on this. Like this, this doesn't pay off for a little while, but it will be bad.
1: <laughs> I hate spike. <laughs> that's literally the only thing I have on my notes on this one is I hate spike. <laughs>
2: When we first meet him here, he's all injured and full cased, and I can't even move at the hospital. And we find out that it was ravaged. Put him in this. You know, state.
0: that, that quote-unquote think... dog can't get that right. <laughs> Obviously, a, a jaguar or a panther.
1: And yet, uh he's gonna be in charge of running his own thing, right? That was dead. Like you know, he ran like his own op like, to get into uh, um, New York, but, like, can't distinguish... I, I think I complained about this, like, literally in the beginning. It's <laughs> like, this dude runs his own op, but can't, can't distinguish a dog from a jaguar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for my notes. Do you guys have anything else?
1: Oh, yes. Go on. Oh, yes. Take it away. We uh, we meet the Galvatron.
0: Ooh, yeah, we do.
1: And, uh, he gets blessed with these powers uh, that Nova... Prime, or is that right? Not Nova Prime. Was it Nova Prime?
0: Let's say yes for now. Let's say yes for now. Yeah.
1: Let's let's say, yeah, let's say Nova Prime. He gets blessed with these powers, and he he comes back alive in what I believe is the dead universe, right? Yes. He comes back to life, and there's only one bot that's still alive. Technically, still alive. And that is Cyclonus. And Cyclonus is doing... And this is going to be a recurring theme, the honorable thing, which is, um, they're in the dead universe and he's smelting down, uh, all of his compatriots that are dead there because, well, he's putting technically, it's like a misery or yeah, kind of like a misery thing, like, or mercy thing that he's just putting them out of their misery. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, And um, while he's doing that, Galvatron has these powers to raise the dead. And he raises the dead, and he brings the Seekers in the image of Scourge.
0: Terrifying.
1: Yeah. And uh, the the beauty of this whole thing was, is one of the first bots that he brought back to life was Scourge. And um, like the entire time he's bringing the rest of them up, he's just like, shut up, Scourge. Shut up. He's (laughs) like, oh... Galvatron, you're raising them in my image. He's like, shut up, Scourge. (laughs) 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 And, you know, Cyclonus decides... uh, The the important piece of this entire thing, to me, for later on, that you want to take notes on, is is that um, when Galvatron comes in and he raises the undead army, he has them, like, shaped in the image of these Seekers, and um, he doesn't do anything to Cyclonus. And the reason why he says he doesn't do anything to Cyclonus is because Cyclonus is too honorable. And technically that quote, I mean, not that quote, but technically kind of pure of heart. And um, he couldn't do anything to Cyclonus because of his honor. And the important piece that I guess I'm bringing up with that is just Cyclonus is the most honorable of all of them because he was doing what I guess the mercy thing is to do. Yeah, he was kind of dead like a,
0: a Viking's death, right? Where like, like, separated yeah. dead bodies. Yeah. And that's, like you said, is going to be a recurring theme with Cyclonus, which is, I think is cool. Seeing that, like, build up here. Which is
1: like, not something like you would see in like any TV show or movie with Cyclonus. It's, it's a fresh personality and I like it.
2: Yeah. I, I like this origin. All three of them instead of, like, being Unicron, Galvatron makes all the Seekers courage. Inside.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, like, if there's, like, a few shows where Galvatron was Megatron and vice versa, but this one, they're two separate entities. Yeah, and I like completely.
0: that, like, is a more diverse cast and more things you can do with that character because they don't have a backstory. They're essentially they're no Meg- longer Megatron, <laughs> right? So you can, it gives yep. you that freedom to do what you want. Yeah, that was a good one. Um. Is that, is that all your guys' notes? Uh,
1: last but not least, uh, Bumblebee being as noble as usual. Uh, saving the people in the burning building while the humans are shooting at him while he's trying to hold the building up.
2: I thought Bumblebee was going to die.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh no. But I, I the thing I hate about that ending is they just leave it off as Prime coming back to save him in like downtown New York. I'm like, oh, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... With that, uh, Computron, what would you like to, out of Rod Stars, out of five Rod Stars, what would you rate this comic, this volume?
1: Oh, this is a hard comparison because it's a lot of spotlights, right? Right. right.
0: On average, then, this volume.
1: Uh, on average on all of them, I would, out of five? Yep. I would put this at a 3.5.
0: That's fair. kilobyte
2: I think I would give it the same because the Bumblebee wasn't very uh, that very dealing to me and neither was the Spike one.
1: And I wasn't too fond of the bay drawing the
0: (laughs) pater's jaw. You made that clear.
2: (laughs) I liked everything else except kind of like the bumblebee and the bike. Everything
0: more intriguing. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna be more harsh because I'm I'm that bot. I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So. no emails today, but if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at, at gmail.com. Do you guys have any new toys you would like to share with the listeners?
1: Yes. Ooh, go on. Uh got me a springer. Ooh. Got me a springer and uh you know, and it's a triple changer. What I love about it. Right now I have them sitting on my shelf right behind my Overlord.
0: It's one of those uh, MFTs, right?
1: <laughs> just staring, yeah, just staring down. I have him staring down Overlord, which is, <laughs> I, I have like this triple scene going on where I have Overlord staring down Cyclonus and Tailgate, and then I have Springer staring down Overlord.
0: I don't know <laughs> so, why, but that reminds me of that meme where there's a sniper looking down off a little, little, in a church. Yeah. Oh, in a church, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that for the the YouTube. Just have a that meme, but w- with their heads be the Transformers you're using. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure, we do that?
0: Um, Kilobyte, do you have any new toys?
2: Yeah, we well, talking about triple changers. I got a Blitzwing.
0: Right on, and that's also one of those MFTs, right?
2: Yes, it's an MFT, uh, and I like that it came with a with an interchangeable head that kind of makes reference to the animated. uh, it was kind of like the, I want to say the crazy head, had sharp teeth and everything. So I like I like that I can swap heads and everything. I really like it. Cool.
0: I got myself a MFT Road Rage, because I saw a picture of her in the, the new 2019 IDW comics, and I'm... Did some reading up on her, and she looks pretty cool. So I, I was like, I gotta have a toy, and she's in the same uh, size category as the the Iron Factory ones that I have, and the the Black Shadow. And I'm like, oh, nice! This is working out pretty good.
2: No, is the DJD coming out? Uh, I think she
0: could kick the tailpipes. <laughs> Are you guys ready for our next read? Transformers for all mankind. Yep. Ready. More bavers.
1: I'm not looking. I I saw the cover photo and I'm not looking for more, you know, looking forward to more bavers trying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll strap in. We're going to be there for a little bit. I'll stop it. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. Thank you so much for listening. Till all are one.
2: Till all are one. Till
1: all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at SwervesBar. If you're interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D series, Transform and Rollout
2: Rise of the World Killers.